Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Whole Liloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak about sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. And for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episodes, we are going into that kinky shit. We got whips, we got vibrators, vibrators, y'all. We got them all. We got uh anal plugs we have chains we have uh, rope we have swing sets we have everything you need to know about the kinky shit and we're talking about fetishes so on this episode i have the fabulous the beautiful the amazing tyrell on the line as we discuss kinks and fetishes how are you doing good sir I am doing well. I, I love that entrance. So many, so many titles. <laughs> Look, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to do better. I'm making sure everybody know how much I love them. Oh, <laughs> Loves most definitely 110% back to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So um, usually when it comes to kinks uh, and fetishes, uh, we approach these as, you know, different topics on the show. But for this special one, we're doing both in one episode, y'all. Mm-hmm. So this we're talking about kinks and then we're talking about fetishes or we're just going to talk about everything in between as it coexists. Uh, and I even remember when, uh, with our intake meeting, how uh, we were, uh, you asked me like the difference between kinks and fetishes and uh, we might end up going into that. We might not, I don't know for sure. Um, but to start everything off, what, um, well, I can't really ask you what's, well, I can't ask you that. It's my damn show. Bernard, what the fuck are you doing right now? What is your, how do you feel about kinks and fetishes as you are today? So I think that for where I am today, it's exciting to get to know different different kinks and fetishes, and definitely what people are uh, are into. Um, you know, just even learning about um, there's a there's a guy that I follow on Twitter um, who's very much into the leather the leather community, and um, and so even just learning about the leather you know, community. And even though it's not something that I would personally engage in, just the nature of the history and the education that comes with it, you know, regardless if you're in queer spaces or not, um, a lot of, a lot of kinks or a lot of fetishes, they don't just, um, they don't just happen or they don't just appear. There's a history, 
you know, behind them. Some things obviously are celebrated more than others. But I think, you know, as a student of life, as I always like to say, I'm always interested in learning about where certain things have originated or, you know, when did this really become like popularized? Um, you know, not just, um, you know, where we are, but, you know, all, you know, all over the world. And, you know, because obviously there are certain things that, you know, we may find still taboo that, I mean, has been going on for centuries. I mean, mm. like, let's stop, let's stop pretending. Hmm. It sounds like you're referring to uh, sexuality there. Oh, my. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's one of those things that a lot of people uh, see as taboo, as though people are not having sex with uh, each other before this, as though men were having sex with men, women with women, it's, um, as though intersex people never existed, as though people who are transgender never existed. All this stuff has been a, a, in, in society for so fucking long, y'all. It's, it's, we're not, but we're not here to have that conversation. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about kinks and fetishes but you know we could have that another episode uh, now you've taken the bdsm test i did hmm. so what did you learn about yourself after you took that test um you know it really wasn't surprising because like um i know for myself majority of the things i consider myself vanilla with mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that I think my test came up the fact like I was 76% like vanilla, but it was one of those things that I recognized that I kind of knew that, but the nature of different, different kinks or fetishes are a turn on to think about. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even though I wouldn't necessarily engage with it myself, like in my mind, mm -hmm. oh, I'm like, oh, that seems like really, you know, like really nice. Um, and the reason why I wouldn't engage uh, with certain things is for, you know, a, pleth a plethora of reasons. But it's kind of like when I got my results, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like these things make sense. Like 71% of me was into voyeurism. Like I've always had that uh -huh. notion of I always love to, you know, like I've been always fascinated with the nature of new beaches, having, you know, having sex in public or semi-public. Um, and so regardless if I was to engage with it or not, just the thought of it is a turn on. So I think that that's something that, you know, we have to take into account as well when we take certain tests or we get certain results. It's not necessarily always about what it is that you would engage with, but what you actually find to be a turn on. So, you know, I think that that's, uh, and obviously that gets back to our earlier conversation that we had about the difference between kinks and fetishes as well. So. So what is your highest score? Wait, is your highest score the 75 for um, vanilla? Or is there anything above that? No, actually, no. My highest score was the 76 for, for vanilla. Um, my three highest were 76 for vanilla, 71 for voyeurism, and 70 for uh, non-monogamous, which, and that is true because I am a solo poly person, so... That is interesting because I would have thought that with uh, for yourself it would have been a lot higher than that mm. in terms of like you know like 80, okay. uh, 90, something like that um, relating. So okay. now I'm just curious about like <clears throat> where where what is the things that are engulfed in that twenty four percent 
that's not vanilla in terms of how you express okay. yourself like where did those kinks come come in so you know i was in you know when i was doing the test it was like i was in the middle with certain questions about like um like role playing and you know things like that i think it depends on what it is mm -hmm. and like you know getting into like a certain character or a certain costume i think just really depending on what it is i would be you know open to um the reason why my score was lower on certain questions like um whips and you know things like that is because I'm just putting it out there I have very sensitive skin so it's like you scratch me I'm gonna get a whip and you know I ain't got time to be you know trying to uh heal my body from pleasure so you know it's like I ain't got, I don't have time for that so you know so my kind of um my kind of kink and fetish is some it, it's of things that don't require like um I want to say kind of like a uh not necessarily painful but some type of um inducing kind of like harmful physicality if mm. that makes sense so my question to you how would you feel if I told you that there was a soft spanking type version of play uh soft spanking I mean, yeah, it would be something I would be open to, but like I say, it's like, for me, knowing the fact that I have sensitive skin, it's like, depends on the person. Because <laughs> there's, there's like some things, like when you have a flog, um, yeah. for those people who are not uh, like into like slapping and hitting and whatnot, mm -hmm. you might do like a tap. But um, I, I think, uh, I won't say it's just like more related towards like leather um the leather scene uh, because a lot of flocks are uh, made of leather but you know some people do like the to be rubbed on with that leather fabric because it does something for them um mm -hmm. in terms of arousal um but yeah that's a, that's one of the uh, ways for the soft spanking to occur where it's mm -hmm. more of a um, going down up and down your body in a mm -hmm. sensual way uh, kind of like also similar to like feather play uh right. how do you feel about feather play Ooh, feather play uh i'm open to it like i know for a fact that i'm also ticklish so Ooh. um yeah i mean it's you know it's something that you know, i think i think in my mind it's like i'm open to and then i don't know once i get in the moment i could do a switch in a minute hmm you know, if I see that it's some, I, I think for me, <clears throat> it's something that I would definitely have to be in the mood for. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that I think that would have to be discussed beforehand, make sure I'm getting myself into the right mindset for it, for it to actually happen. So I would say, yeah, the feather play, I would be open to it. See, and I, I was just wondering why that uh, was a 74 for that vanilla. Okay, that makes sense. He 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 has some other kink stuff that he's trying to do that he's not vocalizing, y'all. This man said he wants to try feather play. You better follow him. Stop, let me stop. <laughs> oh, God. But yes, okay. Mm. My vanilla, I had a high vanilla at one point. And this okay. is this is even with me, um, Ari have taken the um, BDSM test where everything 
I don't know how it got that high. It might have been because I was like in a relationship and focused on just, you know, my uh, being monogamous at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the poly was lower. I think it was mm-hmm. around 60 or something. And uh, monogamy was like at 80. And yeah. And mm-hmm. the vanilla was like 90. It, it was weird because no, the vanilla was like 99. But mm-hmm. Switch was switch is usually always at 100 on my school on my uh test but mm. um but right up under the uh vanilla was like dom and i'm like some of these things are not how did i get so high in vanilla like i don't this is not well, I mean, like you explain <laughs> who is this person <laughs> you know, that's interesting though because right after the 370 you know categories 58 percent uh, showed up for me uh, at Switch. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was interesting because for certain things that I do like to do during sexual encounters, I may tend to be necessarily a little like more aggressive, but like I take more of like a, I feel more comfortable taking like more of a control with. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, that other side of me that just does like to be submissive. Mm. So I thought that 58% was like, um, was actually very interesting. Hmm. Yes. Okay, 58. You better stand out and be strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said these scores may be low, but they are not failing. Okay. I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> so when did you take that? Oh, I must have took this, I'm going to say maybe like a month ago. Mm. So it was recent. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, um, I always recommend to take those I, I won't say twice a year, but at least once a year, just to see how, um, like, for myself, I do it uh, once a year, uh, if not twice, mm. um, just to see how my sexual expression has changed, uh, how it's grown, uh, and I, I will only say grown because even if something lowers on there, that doesn't mean either any less of a thing, like I'm less of that person. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. any less of a thing like I'm less of that person it's just that it's not what I'm currently interested in at this moment or what I'm comfortable or want to explore um so but other than that it's just growth all of it is growth it's just you still learning more about yourself every time you take that um take the test and I love that so much because literally after that vanilla situation 
then um uh <laughs> after i separate uh separated my ex that poly that non-monogamous mm. shot on all the way up and i'm like what oh, happened God. there who it's... who is this new person <laughs> <laughs> was i saying this in that did i mm -hmm. indicate that i wanted multiple partners like, look maybe that maybe that alter ego was coming out look sebastian's like nigga you need to recognize who the fuck you is exactly. <laughs> You are not, you need multiple people. It's okay. It's okay. You don't need to be monogamous out here. Mm. Uh, I get it. I get it. So have you tried any kinks? Um, let's see. Have I tried any kinks? So remind me again how we're actually defining kink. Okay. So uh, kinks essentially are, uh, uh, let's go with adding tools into the sexual encounter um, mm -hmm. to enhance or facilitate the pleasure throughout the experience mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily with uh, with you know it doesn't have to be a whip it doesn't have to be rope right. but uh, integrating those things mm -hmm. and also integrating the taboo aspects of sexual expression uh, which can be within that age play category or um, the uh, role play side of um, sexual expression the um, what else restrictions of um, sexuality uh, integrating that play all mm -hmm. of that is within um kinks essentially gotcha. yeah so I think for me um I'm kind of like I, I think I'm more expressive of vanilla when it comes to kinks like I don't necessarily need to introduce you know certain things into you know a sexual experience um but something that I would actually like to try though mm -hmm. is um I would like to have not necessarily food but like um but like certain um certain edibles that are like aphrodisiacs in a way just mm. to see like how they are like I wouldn't want to do like the whole like syrup or anything like that to me like that's all kinds of sticky and you know all things I ain't looking to do all that but um but yeah something that like I would love to like just you know nibble or you know eat something lightly off somebody that's you know that's edible Mm. you know <laughs> why you had to say syrup i, I won't say it was, it was not syrup but i recently had an experience with uh <laughs> not food play, well you might as well say food play but okay. it was whipped cream, whipped cream. Uh, where this person just wanted to uh lick whipped cream off my body and i was like okay why not okay. it was pretty nice and then they decided let's put that on the dick too let me okay. put that off of your dick and i'm like go ahead like, I'm definitely going to have to wash extra uh, because that's sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, I say go for it. Do mm -hmm. it. Like, yeah. integrating food with sexual uh, sexual expression is pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, and it can also do, like, it can also uh, have like a double, like, role for you. You can use it for pleasure, but, like, if you've also been hungry for a certain time as well, mm. like, you could be getting some, like, nutrition in as well to keep, like, your energy up a little bit. So, you know, it can work. It can work twice. Well, not the, not the, um, the sexual environment now going to have a, a, a whole 
bowl, a fruit bowl. Right. Gonna yeah. have um, some water over here. Oh, it's, it's a scene now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crackers, cheese, all of that. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a mood. Just walk up in there like, oh, is mm-hmm. that for me? So we're gonna mm-hmm. eat before we have sex. No, we eating while we having sex. But first, I want to eat you, motherfucker. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm here for it. Uh, another thing to get back on topic before I um, ruin other people's appetites. Um, <laughs> it's like, Vern, I was just about to eat a banana and your ass is talking about licking whipped cream off your fucking titties. Nigga, what the hell? Um, the stigma related to kinks and fetishes. Let's let's go into that. Uh, are you aware or have you heard of any stigmas or what was your mindset prior to our conversation about kinks and fetishes? Oh yeah. You know, I know, um, based on, I think it's more, much more of the, um, well, actually no, for both kinks and fetishes. I know that there is a lot of trauma. I know that there's a lot of, um, racial upheaval when it comes to, uh, certain, uh, fetishes, especially, um, but yeah, I think the reason why uh, kinks and fetishes have always been something that um, is looked at to be taboo or it's, you know, kind of demonized in a way it's because of the secular aspects of, you know, coming from religion, mm-hmm. um, especially the nature of, you know, Christianity and um, either and other sects of religion as well. And it's kind of to stay like, um, you know, sex is only between, you know, man and woman, it's supposed to, you know, look like this, and that's it, you know, and so for even for a lot of us, you know, we have to come into learning about the fact that sex is for pleasure, you know, not just for reproduction, you know, Um, so, you know, once you get past that, then it's kind of like, oh, like, do I feel okay to voice, you know, certain things that I, that, you know, I like, because even, it took me a, a good while to verbally admit that, yeah, I have a bit of a foot fetish, mm. you know? So, and I don't know why I, cause I mean, I didn't grow up in the church. Um, of course I'm a, you know, spiritual person, but I didn't necessarily grow up in the church, but it was kind of like, even just like saying it out loud. It's not to say like I was flabbergasted about the fact that I, you know, had a, you know, had a bit of a foot fetish, but even just saying it out loud, it was kind of like, I don't know. It makes you, it makes you feel almost, I don't know, dirty or less than in a sense. Like, Mm. like if you think that something is almost like wrong with you because you like this and you know that other people may be into it, but you're scared to broach that with a potential partner, especially if it's something that they're not into. Mm. So it's that, um, like I say, a lot of racial trauma that comes with uh, fetish that comes with fetishing a big one that's in the queer community especially for um for um black and brown men and also not just for the queer community but for a straight community as well is this fetishization of the bbc as we know as the big black cock which <gasps> you know like it makes me choke even just thinking saying it's the a word dick. it's a dick. yeah and so you know it's like even thinking about notions about that about the and and, you know for a lot of us we don't even really understand about the reason why we don't like the word Mm. um but it it does carry a lot of historical connotation to being obviously the nature of cock being viewed as an animal Mm. 
mm. um, the fact that um, black and brown people um, were obviously hypersexualized, oversexualized um, to be in degrading situations. Um, so, you know, all of that, you know, really comes into play. And so when we carry on and think about the aspect of kinks and fetishes, it's kind of to say like, oh, my sexual, my sexual expression is already deemed as being deviant. And then now I'm adding kinks and fetishes onto it. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So, um, so yeah, I think that, you know, definitely for kinks and fetishes have had a lot of upheaval in the nature of us looking at in history, but also has created spaces for us to kind of move into, you know, kind of new light and new territory and inclusivity about, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's have the conversations. Let's, you know, have our annual, you know, get togethers of, you know, with pride and, you know, different, um, you know, uh, you know, communal events and, you know, things like that. So I'm liking the fact that we are in a space now where we are having more conversations that we don't have to view it as being so taboo anymore, even though it still kind of is. See, you you had me stuck for like a minute there because you you, you mentioned the word cock and um, (laughs) how um, just how that word in itself um, discuss some people, discuss like myself, yourself, mm-hmm. how it, it has some kind of implication that just provokes a negative response. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. I really do. Now I really want to know exactly why am I so disgusted by the word cock versus the word dick. And I know like even throughout my uh throughout my life, you know, you might hear somebody say, Oh, you're such a dick, uh, you're such a dick, but you don't hear them say you're such such a cock. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> honestly, if I heard somebody say that, I'd probably die laughing because like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but like I'm stuck on that. Like mm-hmm. I now I really do want to know what why is there an, an aversion to the word cock is it because it was socially acceptable to say cock is it because of whenever it came to certain things in media like movies or whatever and how they might say suck my cock in such a negative way mm-hmm. uh, that it's always seemed so very disrespectful mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and somewhat demeaning that we automatically have that aversion to it. I don't know. I really want to know exactly why that just provokes a negative response now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think it stems from, from many things. Um, you know, some, uh, some aspects, you know, you, you mentioned just now and, you know, I think, you know, it, and I don't know, it's like we all, uh, a lot of us, you know, we just have that kind of visceral kind of reaction. Cause I'll even see people who comment on, you know, on social media platforms. And they're just like, anytime I hear the word cock mentioned, like, I just like either get soft or like I get taken out of the mood or, you know, just anything like that. And most, um, and a lot of men that I know, like, you know, they will get heated and like really upset. Like they will be like, do not refer to my appendage as a cock. Like it, no. I'm them. You know, so... (laughs) It's like, no, that's not going to happen. 
Y'all, we need to like um, research this. Like somebody do that for me and let me know why there's that aversion uh, and why there's that disgust. I would love to know the answer. I appreciate you. Thank you so fucking much. Love it. But it's a dick, y'all. It's a dick. We're just going <laughs> to, that's going to be the episode title. It's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is at this point. Uh, and just to make it socially acceptable, it's going to be an exclamation point instead of an I. But mm. it's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, a, a, to go back to this uh, conversation of kinks and fetishes, uh, we did, uh, well, I did have in my notes that we will discuss the difference between the two. Now, essentially with kinks, uh, kinks are just like, uh, it's a generalized term just to identify anything that's outside of the norm when it comes to sexual behavior. So anything that's not vanilla is considered kinky, but kink um, varies per person regardless because what I consider kinky another person might uh, consider their norm uh, and what other people consider as their norm more like on like the vanilla side others might see it as being kinky and I know I mentioned this like in a previous episode but for those who have not listened to that here you go you got that uh, info now but it's like when when it comes to vanilla Vanilla is different for every single person. Um, if you're having a conversation with somebody and asking them what they like to do in bed and they just like, oh, you know, I like to suck a little bit of dick. I like to suck cock. It just sounds so wrong, y'all. I feel violated. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that to your ears, people. <laughs> but I like, you know, like to lick a little bit of pussy. I eat ass every now and again. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's freaky. Oh, okay. That's that's probably their limit of where their kink stops uh, or their um, vanilla stops. Um, but for other people, that's like, oh, that's the norm. Yes, you better eat that ass. You better lick this pussy. You better suck this dick. You better suck this. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I almost threw up. Um, you better pull this hair. You better choke me a little bit. Yes, yes. That's the that's the vanilla for them in their um, their view of the taboo or the kinky might be bringing out chains and hitting a motherfucker with it. That's some people do that. I'm not even going to lie. Some people do that. That's their thing. That's their thing. No shade, no shame. You better do you. I love it for you. But that's in terms of kink in terms of fetish it's more so that it's the enjoyment of having that one thing present uh, or to be able to engage in that thing like if you have a metal fe- uh, fetish um, having the metal within the room that you can rub on that you can touch uh, that you can smell uh, like feet fetishes some people just like to rub the feet some people like to taste the feet some people like to smell the feet it and all of it is completely normal and all of it is um, like valid. But uh, even with the, um, like those people who have, I don't know, I just cannot make the argument for um, black fetishization or race play. I really can't. I try, I try my best to do it because it is a legitimate form of sexual expression for those people who do engage in it. But I personally just cannot make the argument for it because even when when it comes to black fetishization and you fetishizing fetishizing that um, black body, it's the fact that 
they become the object in the room yeah. uh like most in most senses with fetishes um and not the being but yeah. there's yeah. also worshiping within uh, the fetish side too and you're worshiping that person's body and worshiping their skin and that can be through body rubs that can be through uh, suck, a suckling on the nipples that can be through um, like rubbing their body rubbing their skin and showing appreciation so it's like again there's different ways to express the kink and the fetish but I don't know yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about racial fetishization, it's also innately in the name. You know, when, you know, there is the reason why it's the big black cop or, you know, like something like that. So the fact that you're putting black in the name of it automatically deduces about the fact that you're looking at myself or you're looking at black men in general as a object, like we're a part of just this overly hyper-sexualized object. And then, so when you become the object of someone else's desire, it doesn't make you feel like, obviously, you're you're human. Mm. You know, it kind of dehumanizes you in a way. You know, so it's kind of like to say, if you were to take me out of the equation and just was to have my appendage, you know, that's all that you would need. Mm. You know, and I think that for a lot of us, you know, obviously knowing, you know, black and brown history, when we come from cultures and backgrounds where we are dehumanized from history, we are segmented from uh, from people um, and from rights and, you know, all of those kind of things. And then we have to add that to uh, sexual pleasure as well, mm. you know. So, yeah, I think that's the nature of racial fetishization at the core it's saying that you don't see me as a human. Hmm. You see me as an object. You know, uh, this might surprise some people um, because we are talking about Black people uh, in terms of race fetishization. Um, surprisingly, when we step outside of Black spaces, because like if you look at the, um, the beings, the humans within this country that are fetishized the most, uh, you have the Black man, and the surprising thing is, is the opposite for like on the gender spectrum is actually Asian women. Uh, and I thought it would have been black women, but um, black women in this country are seen as being the lesser of the women, which is absurd. But that's that's how it's seen in terms of those fetish like spaces It's the black big black mm-hmm. cock in the submissive Asian woman. Mm. Uh, who's there to cater to her man and things like that and not every Asian woman is that person and not every black man is that BBC and uh, racial fetish to Jason just it 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 just bothers me it's just I I get it in terms of sexual expression don't get me wrong I get it but I also know that in terms of clientele I cannot personally work with somebody who has that because I will be uncomfortable in that moment. And um, I will be a disservice to you because my discomfort is not going to help you in any way. Uh, <laughs> but again, wherever, wherever floats your boat, do that. Right. Make sure the person who is in that boat with you is also okay with that. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I don't even know what would need to happen to not necessarily move past the point of racial fetishization, but 
to educate and have more resources for people to understand because like even how you and I are talking you know um everybody has their own you know type of reasons for it and like I say we have a visceral reaction for it but a lot of us don't even really know where it stems from Mm. it's just like when we hear the word it's just like oh it sends shivers through our body Mm-hmm. you know so like you say it's kind of like we have to understand so that way we can start to have the language to communicate it to others yes uh, i think my probably stems from the countless of gay porn that i watch as a um <laughs> young teenager learning more about you know sexuality and whatnot what the hell is the top what the hell is the bottom and constantly hearing oh fuck me hard with your big black cop mm-hmm. and i'm just like okay where's the niggas at can we can we just go there where are the black people on this well, let me search black okay there's not okay there's a lot of interracial oh look i found a black person and i will forever love uh what's his name his name start castro thank you thank god for castro because i i used to watch all his his stuff granted there were uh, interracial things going on but castro you you helped the brother out because i have to hear a bit black cop too often <laughs> right. and, and so since we're we're on the nature of that topic for a minute i did actually post a recent article it's so funny how these things tend to wrap around each other because i actually just posted a article not too recently from my um from one of my social media accounts um because i always like you know good articles, reading, education, and things like that. If anyone is interested, um, uh, mailmagazine.com, M-E-L-magazine.com, they actually had a 2017 article that I thought was really great about this topic. It's called Living with the Myth of the Big Black Cock. Hmm. And um, they kind of go through um, some of those uh, aspects that uh, that we've been mentioning and talking about, about, you know, things that we have seen in pornography, things that are very rampant in Black culture, uh, in music, and, you know, things like that um, as being, you know, prevalent um, images. And, you know, those images get subverted into mm-hmm. thinking that that's what real life is like. Yes. Now, since we're on the... Um category of bbc i will say that okay since we're on the category of big black do- uh, dicks I, was, I, I said docs lord that shows but big black dicks there is one celebrity i will still even though this is not a celebrity hookup uh celebrity crush episode i will say fucking um boosie he could get it i don't care i do not give a damn i understand he has his toxic history but look projection is real and look i'll be reading between the lines too hard and i know if if what i'm reading might be illiterate it's okay i might not be understanding the messages but look the messages that i am understanding is like motherfucker you pulled up me today what's up <laughs> yeah, you know you know, and now that, you know, we have certain things that are being leaked and, you know, stuff like that, it's like, for certain people, you know, it's like you understand, like you say, the whole Boosie thing, then, you know, Jesse Williams just had his, you know, kind of junk that was shown and the play that he was doing and, you know, you just, you know, it's just like, yeah, you see, you, you understand for certain, you know, for, for certain cases, but, you know, it's kind of like, Again, going back to the racial part of it, though, it's like 
you know, when you, and I, and I can't say that I would think differently, but if I was, you know, of a different skin color, but it's kind of like, if I was, if I was, if I had to imagine myself, if I'm seeing someone of a darker tone than myself, I don't think, I don't really believe like my immediate mind would go to uh, the nature of putting black on it. Like mm-hmm. I can, you know, I would think, oh my God, like, oh my God, like that's a big, you know, that's a big thing. Or, you know, like that's huge or, you know, something like that. But for me to put like a racial implication on, it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like, even I don't do that when I see obviously Caucasian men or white men, you know, to, you know, when I see new pictures of white men, it's like, I don't think, you know, in my head, oh, like this is a big, you know, white man's dick. Mm. you know or you know something like that so it's like i i yeah i just i don't i don't i don't i don't either i just like okay that's dick (laughs) that's an ass that's pussy i'm not i'm not like even because okay y'all look i i do have a huge attraction to trans men i'm going to be honest i am not going to slide in any of their dms and be like oh i love your man pussy no i i I will say, oh, I love what I'm seeing, for one. Like, your pussy is great. I, I love what I'm seeing. If you identify that as a dick, I love your dick, girl. I mean, I love your dick, man. I love your dick. <laughs> like, sir, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the in a way of making them less than who they are. I, right. I fucks with who you are as a person. Right. And, like, even when going back to the uh, fetishization in, um, like, how you know, race, like when I was saying with the body worship, that is perfectly okay. And that's fine to do if that is your sin, uh, scene. But if you're going to worship my body, I just would rather it not be because of my cocoa brown skin. Ooh. That's it. Like if you want to worship my body because you find it beautiful, even if you have kind of like a chub fetish, I'm here for it. I'm okay with it because a lot of the times people who do have a, a, a chubby guy fetish are not doing so out of the objectification of you being a chub person they want to experience your body and they want you to experience them experiencing your body Mm. rather than um making you the object Mm. in that scene and i don't see that too often outside of well i don't see that often when it comes to race play uh, and the fetishization of black skin. And also, I think like the racial fe- fetishization also gets into a little bit of the um, the kink aspect mm-hmm. as well, because like I remember from the article that I had made mention from Mail Magazine, the reason why I like that article so much is because they actually get um, different men's uh, who have uh, various sexual orientations their brief stories and brief history. And I remember from one of the men that was uh, interviewed, I can't remember which, but he said that in meeting uh, certain white men, they have a kink for um, um, not just certain objects being introduced, but certain role play that they find to be Mm. eternal. And so they wanted, so I remember in the article, he was saying like, he would have certain white men want him to like they they expect for him to make them his slave or you know something along those lines so subverting obviously a bit of history uh real life history of course Mm -hmm. where we know that 
um, white men and white women used to use black bodies, you know, in general for sexual gratification. So it's in the nature of that kink where the roles are reversed. And so wanting them to be sexually pleasured in a kind of slave-like mentality, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, for him, as he was detailing that experience, of course, that being a big turnoff, you know, for him. So like you, like we were saying, you know, it stems from a lot of things. And so I think that that is a great connection between what it means to be racially fetishized and then learning about the fact, okay, is this person saying this just because like they hear it in porn a lot, or is it Mm -hmm. something that they actually really want to introduce into the, into, you know, the bedroom or where you're having your sexual encounters for? Yes. And just to uh, go back a little bit about the, um, that slave dynamic, to be real, if you are willing to pay a good $500 plus to uh, have me be your uh, master, I'm, I might be open to it. Just know that me being your master comes with diversity, equity, inclusion, education, and we yeah. will we will be making an ally out of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're not we're not doing this just because you 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 feel guilty about um, what happened in the past. You're about to learn about what happened in the past, all of the nitty gritty and dark shit, and you're going to educate your your, your fellow peers and all this other stuff. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Um, but you're more than welcome. Let me know. We'll we'll figure some out. We'll figure out rates. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, all that other stuff, you're not going to be saying. You know what? I'm going to gag you. If you're into gags and um, that slave master play, we could do that because I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear your voice. I don't want to hear any of that because I don't. Let me. You better not even think. Oh, is he going to touch me with those big black hands? If you're thinking that, you're getting spanked. Okay. See this now. You know what? I know somebody who's going to hear this and just be like, you know what? Vern might need to be my dom, and I can be. <laughs> like I'll be accepting applications. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can get real dominant, y'all. I, that that ninety that ninety nine percent was not there for no real reason. I might be a hundred switch, but that dom is next, motherfuckers. Just know. Uh, <laughs> now to go back to the fetishes of things. Uh, I know that uh, you already mentioned um, your fetish is uh, feet, and uh, we brought brought it up a little bit briefly in our intake meeting, and this is also something that I've always wondered when it comes to people who have a, a foot fetish, because that is like one of the largest fetish communities, is people with feet, uh, foot fetishes. Why feet? What is it that you like about feet? Um, well, personally, um, and I kind of know this from, know this from experience. Um, I think the, the first time I was, I realized feet was a turn on for me was like, of course, you know, venturing into the world of pornography, of course. Um, you know, I would notice that when I would be trying to, you know, get myself off that, certain things in porn scenes would turn me on more than others. And one of those things, I would love to see somebody who would, um, you know, maybe like be in missionary position and, you know, the person who's at the top is just, you know, slowly or essentially, you know, sucking their toes or, you know, anything like that. I could literally ejaculate based off of that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I knew it was kind of a turn on for me. But 
I didn't know, because you know, like you'll see certain things obviously in porn. And then when you get into a real life situation, it could be something totally different, of course. Mm -hmm. And so when I actually did it for the first time in, you know, with the actual partner, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is still, you know, kind of like a, a turn on for me. And then I started to realize I did a little bit of research. I actually want to do a, a bit more research, but um, I learned that there are so many um, uh, erotic places in the nature of your foot. And so if it's kind of like any other part of your body, if you were giving someone a foot massage, if you touch a particular point or a particular area, that's going to stimulate something. And we actually have a lot more, I can't remember the exact number, but we just, we have a lot of nerve endings in the nature of our foot that we don't recognize. And another aspect for me as well, I think this goes back to a little bit about racial, um, racial awareness. Obviously, um, for myself, identifying as a Black gay man, um, the nature of how Black and brown people, our feet were not necessarily the part of our bodies that were giving care. Mm. As we are um, growing up or getting older, it's like we did not consider um, foot care to be a part of like self-work. And so giving attention to that, um, I don't know, it's something that is a turn on, but also something that's almost like a, I'm not going to say a humbling experience, but I don't know, it just triggers something different in the mind. Mm. Now, it is not to say that oh, if I see uh, feet that I just automatically go uh, start salivate. <laughs> like, no, it's kind of like, I just want to dispel those, you know, those thoughts or, you know, those rumors, like that's not how that works. Um, it really depends on the partner. Um, some people, they like to play with dirty feet. They, some people love to play with smell, with, uh, you know, foot odors or anything like that. I'm not one of those people. Um, you know, I like, if I do engage in foot play, I like for, you know, feet to be clean, I, you know, those kind of aspects. But hey, if that's your turn on, then hey, that's your turn on. But it's also the reason why it's a fetish for me is because I may be an engage, I may be engaged in an encounter where I don't necessarily have to suck toes or, you know, anything like that. But if I'm able to even just give like a brief foot massage, mm -hmm. you know, that is you know, a turn on for me. So I would never want to make another partner feel uncomfortable to say like, oh, if they're like really ticklish or, you know, they just don't really like their feet being played with. It's kind of like, oh, you know, if I was able to just give like a brief foot massage or, you know, we played footsies or, you know, something like that, something that just has like the foot to foot connection in a certain way, mm -hmm. that could be a, that could just be the turn on for me, you know? So in foot play, it's not always about the fact that, oh, you have to suck or you have to lick, you know, this, you know, it could just be, it could just be foot play. So, child, all I got to say is a motherfucker over here loves a good foot massage. A motherfucker <laughs> over here loves a good foot suck. A motherfucker over here, again, loves a good foot massage. <laughs> I'm here for it. I need to get the manicure now, uh, uh, pedicure now I think about it. Um, but... Yeah, I do recommend that. You know, that's why it's important for all of us out there. Make sure you're doing proper foot care because, you know, you may meet somebody who's a foot, you know, who's a foot fetish freak that, you know, may want to do some things and you never know what you may like so you want to make sure the feet uh, are looking are looking good i and that you got to have them you know done all the time but just make sure that they present them mm -hmm. let, let them be cute y'all let them be cute, let them be cute. Let them be cute. <laughs> I, uh, 
I know for uh, I need to explore it a lot more, but me and metal is definitely a thing. Mm. Not necessarily piercings, but just chains and stuff like that. Because mm. while you were talking, I was like, "What is my? What is the thing that really does turn me on?" And I already know metal. And then uh, thinking about the metal, I was like, "Ooh, you want to know what? I need to create my own." outfit that's because i already like breezy clothing so i'm just like okay i need uh a little strap around the uh one both arms have those mofos connect in some way and just have change just draped down my body like it's a t-shirt and i'm just like oh my god that would be so fucking sexy bernie you need to go ahead and make this or get somebody to make it for you so you can be out here all kinds of in your damn chains nigga. like oh my god yeah we need to make i need to make that that that, that oh that would be so cute oh just being on the beach and just i'm going to jamaica this year i'm making sure that happens and i need to yes. make sure this suit this outfit is ready so i can be all fucking metal out manifest <sighs> yes so uh i have a metal thing <laughs> i have a metal thing i like body chains okay um on that note, I think this will be a great time to switch over to the end of the show. Well, before I do, do you have any last um, things about fetishes that you need to get off your chest before we get into that? Um, yeah, just to, you know, just to put the message out there, you know, if you do have any types of kinks or fetishes, you know, don't, don't be, don't be afraid to uh, broach them, you know, with a with a lover or a partner, you know, you you won't know until you have the conversation about it. And there are ways that you can uh, broach broach those conversations. And you'll be surprised. A lot of people are actually more open than what you think that they are. And especially if the chemistry is good, your vibe is good. You never know what people may be open to, mm, or at least trying. So, so put mm. yourself out there. Another thing, just to piggyback off of that, make sure that you are respecting the person that you're engaging with to make sure that they are comfortable throughout your play or what have you. If they are not into it, accept that. It's not a rejection of you. It's a rejection of that particular thing. And they are not necessarily shaming you. It's just not their thing. Uh, if they are not shamed, because, you know, some people who are not educated within, you know, the sex spaces might accidentally shame, but take that in stride. Be you, be happy, and continue to prosper um now some never have i ever you ready i am never have i ever fooled around in my parents bed never i'm also a never on that one um i one i feel like i was I, i'm not that brave and two i also feel like that's just not the move <laughs> i don't see why some people used to do that i, I just could not no, and, and you know, it also brings you back to the fact, like, even thinking, like, as a child, if you used to, like, you know, have certain nights where you would sleep in the bed with your parents, of course, so it's not even just the fact that it's their bed and their space, but it could have been a space that, you know, you share, and to me, it's like your parents' bed is like a place of safety, it's a place of comfort, like, I don't look at my parent. I don't look at my parents' bed as a place of sexual ratification <laughs> like no. right <laughs> but you know but to hey to each his own you know if that's what gets you get you your motor's running then by all means. <laughs> not the motor lord 
yeah but for real do you continue do y'all um no i just cannot <laughs> not just i really cannot that's i don't know because it, the way i see it is i personally just will not be comfortable having sex uh, in the place where i know my parents have sex mm. I, I yeah um next thing now that that's disgusting and disturbing for some uh, <laughs> well we only traumatize the people on this we point. are people just gonna be like why did you have to say that like we were with you vernon and then you just had to go that extra mile why why are you this person i don't know y'all i don't know um would you rather would <laughs> Okay, I read this question. I was like, this better not say parents. This better not say anything dealing with parents. And when when I start to say it, you'll understand. All right. Would you rather masturbate in front of a crowd or watch a crowd of people masturbate in front of you? Um, I would probably choose the latter. Um, as to say, like, I would watch a crowd of people masturbate just because um watching is something that turns me on so Mm -hmm. it goes into like a pleasure for me you know for me for this question both um (laughs) i I don't know why i do not know why i'm not even uh uh, much of a voyeur or exhibitionist um but for some reason i will be open to masturbating in front of a crowd Mm -hmm. um and if y'all mofos want to see this on like a live Zoom call, make sure you do subscribe to the Patreon. A thousand <laughs> subscribers. Look, <laughs> is Ari a thing now? I, <laughs> you might as well do it. Subscribe to the yeah, Patreon. We got to get some live shows going on. Look, a live, I'll, I'll make sure everybody knows who are consenting adults um, to, you know, make sure that they get into the know of, of this shit. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I might as well join the Patreon. Join the Patreon. Get this shit up to a thousand so that we can have this live show and we can all masturbate in front of each other. I'm here for it. What's up? What the fuck is up? And I mean, if you're going to be in this party for everybody to go ahead and masturbate, I need all the cameras to be on. No recording. We're we going to be masturbating in front of each other and enjoy it. Okay? Thank you. So, yes, I will masturbate in front of a crowd and have the crowd masturbate in front of me, and I will still join them. That's that's it. <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> oh, somebody's like, this nigga Vernon is a whore and is welcome welcome this is why you should read the essential guide on how to be a hoe be confident in your sexuality y'all be confident well, you can learn <laughs> something and can so i have a sex question mm-hmm. have you ever had sex with the neighbor or co-worker and have you wanted to um not a neighbor a co-worker adjacent because I'm in a field where, um, like, it was somebody at my, you know, mm-hmm. place of place of work, but I don't necessarily work directly with them. Um, so it's like coworker adjacent. Um, and let me see if I have to think about like right now. Yeah, that's like maybe one or two people I would. Mm. I would, yeah. You know, for me, I've had sex with multiple neighbors. Um, this is 
back in my making days. Um, it was just people was in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a good time in the neighborhood. Well, <laughs> That's all I know. Look, it, yeah, it, 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 it's convenient. It's convenient. Um, so definitely have sex with the neighbor. Um, in terms of coworkers, I don't know. I haven't had. Hmm. Okay, I've I had this is also kind of a coworker adjacent situation. I have that. Uh, ha I've had that uh, multiple times. Most definitely when I was working at Geico because everybody worked at Geico, uh, apparently, and some people on there be on these apps. And we, a couple of us, met up not at the same time. It wasn't that. It probably might have been fun if it was, but at different period of times. <laughs> I've hooked up with a couple of coworkers, but they were all in different departments. So, okay. um, yeah. Now, uh, would um, mm, okay? I had a recent one too. Damn, but we weren't coworkers at the time, so that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That does not count. Damn, Bernie, what the hell is wrong with you? You fucking whore! Oh, you be you be going into that repertoire of stories <laughs> that you haven't realized you got more than what you thought. Look, if anybody's um, keeping count of my body count, like. Oh my God, they're just like, Vernon, this is like the 80th person that you mentioned on this damn podcast. How many, nigga? It's, well, it shouldn't be the 80th. If, you're, if you've if you been keeping count of my body count throughout this podcast, uh, let me know. Let me give, give me the value that you're at. Yeah, we're going to need some facts and some figures here. Ain't it? <laughs> a bell curve. Am I, am I normal or not? <laughs> you're skewed towards Hoburn. Um, Currently, I will say I do not have any coworkers that I would want to have sex with. Oh, wait. I'm just going to quit this damn question. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. Here we are at the end of the show. Tyrell, do you have any uh, tips, tricks, things that you would like to share with the audience? No, just um, like I say again, you know, just as if you are interested in certain kinks or certain fetishes, definitely, you know, do your research about them. Um, there's great res resources that are out there. And just to make sure that, you know, you move safely, you move comfortably. And like I say, never be afraid to broach the conversation. Amen. Well, Tyrell, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, you so Always much. Always being here. For the audience, again, subscribe to the Patreon. It should be out by this time. I don't know for sure. It should be. If it's not, y'all can cuss me out. It's okay. I, I, I accept that. But it should be out. It should be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but on top of that, November is around the corner, and it's going to be fun. The Patreon will definitely be out by that time. Uh, early access to episodes, all that great shit. Again, again. November is coming. Be ready. Be ready for this reunion. On that note, thank you all so much for listening to the whole Liloquy podcast where we step out and speak about sexuality. Just in case no one else has told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You're you are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode.
Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.